0: Hello welcome to the in-between podcast. My name is Darby and together with my friends Bethany, Merry Christmas and Mike, happy Advent. We are here gathered around to discuss the next season of the liturgical calendar which is called Christmas Tide. Mm. So why don't we call it Christmas time? I mean you could call it Christmas time
1: Yeah Christmas Christmas time, Christmas Tide.
0: Tide means more than just the day. Yeah. Whenever you hear the suffix tide, you know, we're talking about a season. A season, yes. Mm. So I want to start with a quote that I read that I really love. And this is off a blog on the internet. If this is something that you wrote and I'm not crediting you, please forgive me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for writing it. (laughs)
0: Thank you. It's so meaningful. Christmas tide is a time of joyful prayer and rest from unnecessary labor. No one fasts. Everyone feasts. Mm -hmm. People gather to sing carols and light their houses with candles to symbolize the light of God coming into the world. Historically, this was an evangelistic season where Christians told of God's glory. We wait through Advent with great expectation. Too much expectation to limit the rejoicing to just one day. Mm. Make sure you celebrate the season well. While others are recovering from a season of exhausting consumerism that began in November by taking down decorations on December 26th, allow your Christmas lights to shine through Epiphany, which is January 6th, as a symbol of the incarnate light who came from heaven to save the world. More than this, let your lives be a light into the world as you love those
2: around you and tell the beautiful story of the word made flesh.
0: Hmm.
2: That's really beautiful. I want to put that... No fasting, just feasting thing mm. on like a, a piece of wall art to hang in my house. Do it. During Christmas. Could
1: sell it on Etsy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Some fancy like hand think lettering. Etsy shop.
1: <laughs> we probably <laughs> do. In between Etsy shop. In
2: between. It's like <laughs> in between good and bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Darby, when you say that Christmas is a season, mm-hmm. like what do you mean by that? Like. Right. On the, our calendars, it's only one day, but what how is that practiced with the church calendar?
0: Right, right. The church calendar uses a paradigm of a season rather than just a day. So we all know the song, The 12 Days of Christmas. And uh, if you grew up like me in a non-liturgical context, you didn't actually know that 12, the 12 days of Christmas are a real thing. Right. Not just a little song about birds and trees and <laughs> maids and whatever. Mm. Um, It's the season when we spend uh 12 days just to revel in the beauty and the, the shift, the shift in our cosmology mm-hmm. that occurred when Christ took on flesh and came to earth. Yeah. So I don't know about you. I know I've said this in in, in a previous episode, but for me, the feeling of Christmas has always been of huge expectation. Yeah. You want it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot riding on one day. And, and here's the thing that I remember, like my <laughs> parents, did a really beautiful job celebrating Christmas with us. But on the years that there was conflict or something Mm. was a little bit off, it just felt so much worse Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. any other time. Like just, there's just so much riding on one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I love about Christmastide is that it gives you a broader um, scope Mm. for the rest, for the celebration, for switching out of busyness and preparation Mm. and creating time to revel yeah i think that's really okay so for me as a mom with a house full of kids or two kids that feel like a house full (laughs) 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 um my run up to christmas is no matter how good of a job i'm doing in my soul of trying to be you know quiet and restful in my Mm -hmm. advent preparation, the reality is there is a ton of stuff to manage in a family's holiday. And so knowing that there is a 12 day period afterwards for me to take a little breath when I can, when I'm told by the calendar, the calendar instructs me to rest and slow down. Mm. That's wonderful. In fact, I remember this from something I learned last year and I loved it so much. I believe Epiphany is called Women's Christmas. Have you guys ever heard that? No. Never heard of that. Because that's the day when women get to celebrate without having to do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> like, that's funny. you can just kick back and... That's funny. Relax. Yeah. you to put on a dinner. Yeah. You can just do microwave awesome. popcorn. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hopefully everybody's been sharing the duties along the way, but right. That's that's the goal. Maybe more than the reality sometimes. Anyway, so... 12 days, so tide officially begins on Christmas Eve at Sunset, which is the end of the Advent period.
1: Mm.
0: So the 12 days goes on through the 5th of January at Sunset, and at that point we start the Epiphany season. So January 6th is Epiphany, and we have an episode coming up to explain Epiphany and talk through all the details of what that involves. But for now, we're just focusing on those 12 days when we celebrate the birth of Christ and the Incarnation. Mm.
1: I like what you said earlier about the shift in the cosmos, like th- that Christmas time, we, we celebrate the birth of Christ. That's when that's when things change. That's when God's promises through the ages began to be fulfilled. And one of my favorite experiences um, is going to Catholic mass down the street mm. at midnight at, at the Catholic church and right at the stroke of 12 you have trumpets and cymbals and everybody stands up and starts (laughs) singing, oh, come let us adore him. And it's one of the most beautiful uh, emotional (laughs) moments because you just feel it in the room. Like Mm. 2000 years later, the celebration of it still feels like something shifted in the the universe. And um, as a child, I think I sensed that. I picked up on that, yeah. but it mm-hmm. only lasted one day. Like yeah. once Christmas day was over, mm-hmm. what did we have to look forward to?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing. But now that I'm growing in this understanding of the church calendar and that it's 12 days and we get to extend this party um, over, you know, almost two weeks of time. that's just like, wow, that's, that's really exciting to me because it, it really speaks to, there's so much more just to that one day. This is, the reality of Christmas Day, the reality of Christ's birth should actually be interwoven in effect every day of the year. Mm-hmm. But like we get 12 days out of the calendar year to just celebrate it. Really soak it. Feast, yeah. To know, feast. you know, Feast on cookies, feast on you know, good <laughs> dinners and uh, feast on friendships, just having parties and hanging out with one another. And um, it doesn't have to be over. We don't have to cram it all in in December before the 25th. You know, we can can spread it out through the end of the year
2: yeah I'm really I'm really drawn to that that quote that you read kind of right at the beginning, Darby, because I just it just sounds so wonderful. I think like when I go back and think about growing up how I experienced Christmas, I, I remember anticipating Christmas Eve more. and I think that it was because I liked our Christmas Eve service at church and there was just this excitement that like it's it's coming. it's not happening yet like presents let's be honest like that's what i was consumed with i'm mm-hmm. i'm that person what kid isn't yeah exactly um, we're all that person and yeah. so it was the anticipation that like honestly i think was more exciting and then when christmas day actually rolled around it was like a huge letdown because you open up your presents way too fast and then once that's done you're kind of like all right now what now i'm gonna just hang around for the next couple days Days until I have to go back to school or mm. so I really kind of like you Mike I really like the idea of like treating the 12 days of Christmas as a feast and just like reveling in them and yeah it's just beautiful and it's I'm like that's what I want to do mm-hmm. I don't even care about I don't I don't want presents I don't care about that I just want to like feast I want to be with people that I love mm-hmm. I want to slow down and I want to have a meaningful experience of the season and think about it more than just all of the American commercial whatever that I've slowly taken in over the last however many years. Yeah. So
0: before we engage with the practical application of the 12 days of Christmas and how you really do that in your household. Let's talk about what are the sort of the devotional Mm -hmm. um, properties of Christmas Day. And we know that this is like a huge question. We know that scripture speaks to this from all directions, past and future. Mm -hmm. And there is so much to say. But is there anything that we can boil down like a few Sort of crucial concepts to sit with during this period,
1: yeah, so like we mentioned we're we're coming out of advent into Christmas, and so it's this it's this shift from looking at the promises, looking at the the longing of God's people throughout redemptive history, looking toward the Messiah, and now at Christmas, the Messiah is here, the savior of the world has arrived in the Christ child mm. And so we're looking at the incarnation. We're looking at when God um, took on flesh, when um, when God um, entered into our humanity, into our mess, um, not to not to condemn the world, but to to save us. And so it's the celebration of a savior. It's a celebration of that salvation has been made possible. Um, Without Christ, without God becoming man, there's nothing we can do to reach God. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do on our own to get to him. We needed Christ to come and save us. And so that's, that's really the thrust of the celebration um, and even kind of touches on the, the, even the evangelistic uh, direction of Christmas because we're actually asking Christ to be born in us. For, for Christ to be um, born new in us, even as even as followers of Christ, we have to acknowledge that we've wandered and and we need Christ to be mm-hmm. renewed in us every day and um we need to taste the the gospel afresh every day. and so um we get to celebrate at Christmas this happening in Christ, and we get to pray towards that and and lean into that,
0: yeah, it's kind of a season of um invitation like we know that the holy spirit is active and with us at all times but i'm really interested in the idea of inviting christ to be born in us again like we have him he's in us yeah and so it's not necessarily like this is the new thing that's happening (laughs) but it's for some it could be yeah for some (laughs) it could be and i hope that it is yeah but it seems to me like, um, this is part of the cycle of repentance that we constantly yep. walk through, where, in our struggles and difficulties and our sins, mm-hmm. we are constantly renewing our mm, our invitation to the holy spirit yep. to to awaken us, to form us, to bring us back to himself. And the idea of um inviting Christ to be born in us is related to that where we're doing that every day. We're doing that every Sunday. If our liturgy includes repentance Mm -hmm. and absolution. Um, Yeah. So anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah. Robert Weber in his book, ancient future time in his chapter on Christmas talks about that. The, the, the spiritual emphasis of Christmas is the mystery of the humanity of, of our humanity united to God. Right. And Mm -hmm. then Jesus was, because Jesus was united to God, we, through our union with Christ, um, in faith through baptism, are united with God. Ooh, and read it
0: again. Read it again. Union with Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those
1: of you who have all read uh, rankin Wilborn's book, Union with Christ, you're going to love this. <laughs> uh, the mystery of, of humanity united to God. Because Jesus was united with, to God, we, through our union with Jesus in faith, signified by baptism, are united with God.
0: Yeah, which circles right back to Emmanuel, God with us.
1: Right, right. And so he, he encourages us to, to partake in these, he calls them ancient steps that speak to our union with God. He says, step one, conversion and continual repentance. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a Christian, step one is conversion. Uh, repent and, and turn to the Lord, confess your sins to him and put your faith in him. But for the Christian, that doesn't stop. You know, we're continually mm-hmm. repenting. Step two is the liberation of the passions from the first Adam. So we we even though we're saved, we still have uh, wounds. We still have weaknesses. We still have sin patterns that we need to be liberated from. That's where the that's where the repentance comes in. And then step three is continual continuous prayer. We're always praying. We're always talking with God because we are united with Him. And so those are the things that He encourages us in this Christmas time. Is what what I think is funny about that. It's not very different from a normal Christian life. Mm-hmm but it's one way to in those 12 days just really lean into that mm-hmm. and and find the joy of your salvation mm-hmm. as you confess sin as you repent and as you just talk with the Lord praying with him
2: it's interesting i mean i think i think we'll get to this later as we continue on with this with this podcast and get to the season of lent where lent is a season of repentance mm-hmm. And confession but it's much more sorrowful a little bit yeah and this is that's more right. joyous yeah. yep. and that's really interesting and intriguing to me because i think you need the you need both you need to feel the weight of sin and grieve it and be sad that it's our state mm-hmm. but also the joyfulness like that's something that i need mm-hmm. because right. i think i can often get weighed down by <laughs> the sadness of it. So that's, that's really interesting to Mm -hmm. hear it talked about in that way. I think there's another component to this, which is that as Christ is born in us,
0: we have to be careful and intentional about practices that um, put us in a position to help other people and reach outward. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like this is something that my family, we, we make little gestures at this every year, but we still don't really have a solid practice of um, some kind of, gift that we give, um, Mm. something we do in our city. Mm. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of spotty and that's something that I really want to work on. Do either of you guys have a consistent practice of maybe serving a meal at the homeless shelter or, um, gifts that you send to kids overseas or I know there are many ways you can engage Mm -hmm. this, but I'm just curious about what you do.
1: Yeah. One of the things that we do with my extended family is, um, our family kind of rotates, um, the families rotate on picking a charity or a cause and we all uh, put our money, we compile our money together and we give towards that mm-hmm. cause just mm-hmm. a, as an act of like humility and just realizing that there's more to yeah. Christmas than us receiving but we also want to give to to others who um, aren't maybe experiencing that the 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 receiving of gifts and so um that's been um women's shelters that's been ministry ministries that have helped with women transitioning out of the what out of prison out of incarceration um and it's also been um, things like the open door mission
0: mm-hmm. right. and again, like I think as we like a good analog to this is our repentance conversation, which is it's something we do all the time and we don't want our giving to just be a holiday activity. we want it to be woven into the rhythms of our daily life right. all year round. Um, but, but like you've said already, Mike, this is kind of just a time of special attention hmm. on those things. And ever since Charles Dickens wrote a Christmas Carol, <laughs> yeah. people have been more mindful of giving maybe even before that. I don't know, but I know that that book was a big cultural event Oh yeah, and it was like really transformative when it, uh, was released. So I, I think about that a lot cause I'm a literature person <laughs> and I love Charles Dickens.
2: Um, <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, just the import of generosity at this time of year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Usually my husband and I do look for ways that we can help people within our church financially, um, friends, whatever. Well, Refugees, I make, happen to know. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. You were generous with a family that we were
0: helping get settled. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So stuff like that. It's kind of like keeping our ears, our eyes and ears open to seeing the needs of others around mm. us that we can help mm-hmm. and helping when we can. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so as we think about ways to transition from um, external practices of giving and generosity, internal practices of meditating on the Incarnation, what are some more ways that we observe the 12 days of Christmas in our homes?
2: Feasting. So we need to eat a lot of food, is what yeah. I'm hearing. Step one.
0: goodie
1: trays, cookies, chocolate covered peanut butter balls. Cheese. Rump cheese pine and cheeses. sausage plates. Yeah. All the foods. Those are just snacks. What are some main dishes you guys eat at Christmas? <laughs> I would ham, like, can we
2: discuss drinks, please? Oh, yeah.
1: You made a drink once, didn't yeah. you? Darby
2: makes a tasty, yeah. warm, what is it? It's like, is it wassail? It's wassail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Here we yeah. come,
1: a wassailing. <laughs>
0: Yes. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was just thinking about since I, all day I've been going on about my favorite film, which is It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And the scene where the little old guy, Clarence, goes to the bar and orders. <laughs> More milk? <maybe? laughs> no, I think first he orders a flaming rum punch <laughs> and then he gets in trouble. So then he changes it to a mulled wine. Mulled Light wine. on the cinnamon, heavy on the globes. This is
2: so dumb. Oh my gosh. Okay. No, it's, no, it's good. Keep That's going. So good.
0: Everyone watch that movie. It is so good. (laughs) Anyway, um, after the eating or during the eating, there are a couple of passages that are traditionally read Hmm. during uh, Christmastide. So um, we land a lot on the prophecies of Christ's birth in Isaiah, particularly Isaiah chapter 9 verses 1 through 6 and chapter 57 verses 7 through 10. So those are kind of the traditional passages that people meditate on and then the narratives of his birth as recorded in the gospels Mm. so we talk about the foretelling of his coming and then we spend a lot of time reading and engaging how the four gospels communicate in in their different ways the nativity stories Mm. in liturgical churches and these would be easy to find online there are daily readings that um are planned each day for each day of christmas tide so no matter how it's celebrated, the subject of Christmastide is always the birth of the Savior. Mm. Um, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Those are the concepts that really come through in the devotional readings during Christmastide.
1: Do you guys read the Christmas story, the birth of Christ, on Christmas morning before you open presents? Oh, yeah, we kids? do.
0: We read Luke 2.
1: Do you?
2: For sure. Yeah.
1: That's something we've never done, but...
2: Always, as a kid, all the way through. Really? really, definitely. We We do it now with Alan's parents um,
0: before we open presents. It's just torture when you're a kid, ready Mm. to rip your presents open and your parents are like, wait, wait. wait." No, but now I love it. And Mm. it feels like really gross to rip into presents before. Yeah, Mm. totally. Mm. If you haven't tapped the brakes to Mm. like get your brain around what's really happening, it just, ugh. Yeah. So anyway, now I really have a taste for it and we do it Mm. every year. So here are some other ways we can try observing Christmas tide. Um, I'm always lazy about putting Christmas decorations away, so I am winning at this one. <laughs> keep your nativity scenes on display and don't take down your tree. Keep your Christmas lights up on each day as the day ends and the sky darkens. Mm. Light candles near your manger scene, if you have a manger scene, and perhaps while the family eats dinner. So keep mm. the Christmas vibes going. Um through the 12 days. Yeah. Don't
2: take your decorations down on December 26th. Oh.
1: Yeah, we leave we leave our stuff up at least until Epiphany. Um there might be a slowly a slow uh getting the living room back to normal, <laughs> getting ready back for you know, back to school and like but we typically leave the majority of our stuff up and mm-hmm. on and the music going until you know, Epiphany, January 5th, January 6th, whenever it falls. Yeah.
0: I think another traditional way that people observe this period is by hosting Christmas parties after Christmas. Mm, so much like of the that. Russian anxiety has come and gone, and people are people actually have a little more space in their schedule. Yeah. So um, that's one way that you can observe, and also is a fun idea. I think even even if it's too late to have a Christmas party, um, I have heard of people hosting Epiphany parties. Ooh, which sounds really fun. So Epiphany celebrates the feast of the Magi. And their gifts to the um, to the Christ Child. So, candlelight, wonderful food, singing Christmas carols and hymns, and spending time with people who are important to you and who are a blessing in your life. I think this is lovely. And I, um, again, back to the internet as my source of all knowledge. <laughs> um, not really. I don't really like it that much. But uh, this one really cool blogger said that in her family, um, where people have like a literary bent that the Epiphany Party would often be a chance to bring your favorite poem mm. or mm. your favorite passage of scripture and you would kind of just do readings for each other, which mm. I think is a great that's, idea.
2: That's really cool. Yeah. Um, You mentioned Christmas hymns or carols. Mm-hmm. Um, We kind of talked about this in the Advent episode, but there are some Christmas hymns that we probably shouldn't sing until Christmas time. Mike, what are those? Oh, gosh. I mean... <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed <laughs> Reindeer. Well, that shouldn't be sung. First and foremost.
1: That's worked its way into your worship service. We have a bigger problem. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, some would say like, you can't sing Joy to the World until Christmas, but actually mm. that song was written uh, as an Advent song looking forward to the, the second coming. So um, depending on which side of the argument you fall on, mm-hmm. you know, there there's some leeway there. Um, I know at our church, O Come O'Come Emmanuel is um a good song that we sing in Advent. But as we get closer to Christmas, our songs get a little bit more celebratory, a little bit more focused on the birth of Christ. Um, songs like O Come Why Ye Faithful, Um, Angels We've Heard On High. Mm-hmm. Um, Away in a Manger. Away in a Manger, Hark the Herald Angels sing. Um, and there's plenty of good, you know, modern hymns too. Um, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery is a good song, um, from our friends down in, um, Texas, um, Matt Boswell and Matt Papa, um, that kind of straddles both seasons of, of Advent and Christmas. So there's lots of good songs to kind of tap the brakes on during Advent and then just, you know, play those two Sundays of, of Christmas tide that, um, that are, they're good for, for worship. And then also in like in your, in your home, um, Man, there's tons of good music mm-hmm. that you can listen to and sing. Um, what, what are your guys' favorite Christmas? Like,
0: I mean, Mariah, Advent, Mariah Christmas, Carrey. yeah. Any, any. No, I love All Christmas All I want for music. Christmas is you. It's the best. Yeah, it's the, it's the, yeah, it's the best. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it turns everybody into dancers in our household.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's fun.
1: Um,
0: oh, but I mean, some of the really old English ones are amazing. Like one of my favorites is Low How a Rose Air Blooming, which oh, yeah. refers to the prophecies about the birth of christ it's yeah just gorgeous it's a beautiful tune all um, mortal f- flesh keep silent yeah like ooh, haunting yeah i
2: love that one <laughs> yeah i like the moody christmas songs <laughs> <laughs> the ones yes. that you're just kind of like ooh, <laughs> christmas <laughs> oh in the bleak midwinter
0: oh, yeah. yeah yeah so good
2: yeah yeah because we are in the bleak midwinter
1: <laughs> Yeah, especially in the middle of the united states nebraska
0: hey mike are the christmas colors red and green
1: Uh, you would think so because everything is red and green. Um, and it's actually okay to decorate with red and green, but, um, the, the church calendar, um, has these seasonal colors of gold and white for Christmas tide. And so uh, in Christmas, we have this theme of light, the light is coming, the light of the world has come and he, Jesus is represented in the, in the purity of a child. And so, with that, that theme of darkness and light, we see that night is gone and that the dawn has arrived. And so in tide, we use white to represent light and purity. And um, both, in, both gold and silver have been used along with white to just further emphasize lightness and, and brightness and um, glory uh, of that we experience in this season.
0: An- another aspect of, Observing Christmas Tide is uh, observing feast days. And um, there are a variety of Christian traditions who um, venerate some, like Catholics venerate saints, different saints during this period. Protestant traditions remember um, St. Stephen, the first martyr, St. John. We remember the slaughter of the innocents from Matthew chapter two. Um, so this week, kind of whatever your tradition um, suggests. This is a time to reflect on these narratives, um just engage them prayerfully. Um humility is a theme that often comes through during this period. So that's another guide as you're reading through um Old Testament prophecies and gospel narratives.
2: Um those are other options for your devotional meditation as well. Yeah, and another another practice that um you might find helpful during this season um, is taking time to rest and be still and be quiet, which is something that I am really drawn to, I think, particularly because the season can the season leading up to it can feel so busy and rushed. So I'm going to read a quote from this blog post that we've already read some other quotes from. But it says, when possible, take time to rest and be still in silence. If you have the chance or the choice to do something active, social or busy, you might consider graciously declining once or twice and taking time to rest in the peace of Christ instead. In our world of constant distractions, this might take some willpower. We might have to force ourselves to sit and be still. And yet keeping company with the Christ child in our hearts is the gift that he desires from us. I just think that's really that's really a appealing coming out of a time of year that can feel hurried and rushed. And, you know, with the current state of our world, I think stuff just a lot of times feels really noisy and chaotic. Mm -hmm. And being still and um, keeping company with the Christ child, Mm -hmm. that's a really beautiful picture and I'm really drawn to that. My heart wants that. My heart wants to experience that peace. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that that the the time leading up to Christmas is such a crazy time because of the 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 culture that we live in, and yet the celebration of Christmas is almost countercultural mm-hmm. in a sense. And it's not loud and it's not crazy and it's not boisterous. It's um it's it's intention is for us to become More like Christ, and to be prepared for His return. That day will be (laughs) awesome and and, and boisterous, but like in the in between, we are patiently waiting, and we're, you know, taking time to look at our hearts and to rest in Him to to find our ultimate fulfillment in Christ. And in that practice, your heart's going to be shaped more and more in His likeness, rather than. into whatever the world says is good, whatever the world says is peace, whatever the world says is joy. Um, uh, being shaped into Christ is going to be something so much better and and so much more fulfilling than what the world has to offer. But it also takes time. Mm. And if we don't get it right this Christmas, by God's grace, next Christmas we'll have another Christmas mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to to work on that. So.
2: We're going to end today's podcast with a prayer for Christmas, and this is from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, you have given your only begotten Son to take our nature upon him and to be born this day of a pure virgin. Grant that we who have been born again and made your children by adoption and grace may daily be renewed by your Holy Spirit through our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom with you and the same Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Well, thank you so much
0: for listening, and um, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from the In Between podcast, and we will um, speak to you again in time for Epiphany. Have a great holiday.